Welcome back inside the igloo. Like I said earlier on my show, there are 11 former Big East players from the new Big East who will be playing in this year's TBT, and one of them who will be repping sideline cancer for the second year in a row. Xavier alum and the first former Musketeer I have on the igloo, uh, member of the class of 2016, Remy Abel. Remy, um, pleasure to have you on. And uh, I can't even imagine uh, what's lo- what that quarantine experience is like right now in Columbus for you. Yeah, man, it's been crazy, actually. Um, you know, we're going through a lot of tests. Um, yeah, we, you know, we have to wear masks everywhere. Like I said, you're going through a lot of tests. Uh, we can't go out the hotel building. Uh, well, actually, you can go outside, but you can't go, like, past, like, a certain, like, gate or something. But uh, you can kind of mingle around the hotel. But it's, you know, it's been – it's been definitely taking this virus serious, with, uh, which I understand because it's definitely an effect on the world and, you know, uh, the words and stuff like that. So, I can understand what we're taking it and we've just been, uh, yeah, just quarantined and it's a great Sunday. Well, um, how does it feel to actually be a part of, like, the first legitimate live team sports that are going to be played here in the U.S. since March when the world got basically, you know, stopped. I mean, everything stopped at a halt, you know, when Rudy Gobert from the Jazz tested positive and, you know, the NBA shut down and then everything else shut down the next day with all the conference tournaments and then March Madness. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be good. I mean, uh, you know, this is the first basketball back on in a while, so uh, it's going to be a lot of people watching. And the States is going to be people watching across the world, Europe, I mean, you name it, so. Everybody's excited, and like I, said, um, I feel like TBT, TBT, whoever runs it, uh, everybody, the staff, they did a um, they did an amazing job with you know getting this tournament together, but also at the same time making sure players are still safe where they can play and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I mean it's good. It's good to have basketball back. Yeah, and strangely enough, you know this is the first basketball that is being played. You know. Since, ironically, the first half of the Big East tournament quarterfinal game, um, ironically enough, between uh, uh, St. John's and Creighton uh, this year, um, and it got stopped at halftime, strange enough. I don't, I don't know how much you heard about that. But uh, let, I definitely want to talk to you now about um, your whole Xavier career. Um, you came over from Indiana, and the Indiana teams that you were a part of during your two years in Bloomington were really, really good. Um, in 2012, it was kind of like unexpected the way you guys kind of rose up to become a Sweet 16 team. And then you guys had all those expectations the following year, uh, making the Sweet 16, um, but falling short uh, against a Syracuse team that was just on a mission. But um, yeah, just overall, I mean, it's tough to leave like a really good program like that I can imagine but uh what led you from Indiana to uh Xavier for your final two years of college yeah I mean Indiana was great uh I definitely enjoyed playing there I know it's a great academic school it's a you know basketball school they uh you know the Hoosier fans are amazing had a great two years there you know like it's like you said we went to the sweet 16 my first year uh we ended up losing obviously to Kentucky um, which we had beat on the game winner my freshman year. Lost them Unforgettable. In and then, uh, you know, we come back. We are preseason number one. You know, we got pretty much everybody back. We got, you know, some people that's, you know, uh, NBA draft picks, you know, and Victor and Cody. So, um, you know, obviously we didn't – it didn't end the way we wanted to, but, you know, it was still a, it was still a fun season. Uh, we won a Big Ten championship that year uh, outright. I think we Michigan on the road. It was like one of the last um one of the last conference games of the season. So uh it was a fun season. You know, I made a lot of connections. I still talk to a lot of them guys to this day. And um yeah, like I said, just leaving Indiana, it was hard. 
you know, when you build connections with players and, uh, you know, plan for, even playing for Coach Crean, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a, he's a great coach. Uh, he's doing a great job, you know, right now at Georgia. And uh, I just felt like, you know, for me, um, I just wanted to leave. I felt like that was the best, best thing for me at that point in time is to leave and transfer. And um, Xavier had been on my list actually since high school. Um, some things happened academically where I didn't end up uh, going there, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. I transfer and now I end up as Xavier. Um, so kind of, you know, it worked out for me. Uh, Xavier is an incredible school, a basketball school, great academically. Uh, coaching staff's amazing. I met a lot of great players there. Still talk to a lot of players to this day. Uh, we actually went to a few, 60, a few Sweet 16s ourselves. And, uh, yeah, I'm pleased with my college career. Now, you had to sit out that 2013-14 season because of NCAA transfer rules, and that was the first year that Xavier was a member of the new Big East. So uh, being on the sidelines, uh, what, what were your first impressions of, you know, obviously you were familiar with the old Big East since you – um, ran into uh, one of those teams, for example, you know, like I mentioned, Syracuse, um, a founding member and the team that knocked you out in the Sweet 16 in 2013. Um, but coming into this new Big East with Xavier, who was coming over from the A-10, uh, what were your first impressions? Uh, but instead of being in the action, watching from the bench? Um, I liked it a lot. I mean, I feel like the old, the old, old Big East with like Syracuse and Louisville, it was more like a, how can I say, it was more like a grinded out, like a more like a, you know, like a battle grind out, like a type, like heavyweight fight, like type. Uh, I feel like it was more gritty. I feel like the new Big East, when I got to Xavier, was more like up and down. Like a lot of teams in the league wanted to get up and down, play fast. And I felt like that fitted me perfectly. Because I like to get up and down and play fast and get out and stuff like this. So, really, when I was working out, when I set out and I was working out, I was just trying to uh, figure out, you know, learn from the plays, you know, how they play, how we play defense, how we play offense, and just basically just learning from a, a visual standpoint since I couldn't play. But I definitely took a lot in that sit out year. My game grew a lot in the sit out year. Coaches did a great job preparing me for the next year to play. I worked out a lot got stronger and, um, you know, learned a lot from my teammates and was able to go in that next year and contribute right away. So um, I feel like that sit out year helped me a lot. Yeah. And you ended up starting, you know, nearly every single game that um, Xavier played during uh, the two years that you were there. I think it was like 68 of 71 games that you started. Um, and your first year of uh, eligibility with the Musketeers, it was kind of an up-and-down interesting season. Um, you guys finished sixth in the league at 9-9, nine and 19-12, nine, uh, and 12, you know, heading into the Big East tournament. But, you know, when teams start playing their best basketball in March, that's when, you know, you can kind of see some of those Cinderella runs. And even though you guys were a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament as well as the Big East tournament, you guys ended up making – you know, decent runs in both of those. You made it to the championship game in the Big East tournament and then the Sweet 16 of the NCAAs. Um, what do you remember just from uh, the run you guys went on, you know, beating two really good teams in Butler and Georgetown in the Big East tournament? And then in the NCAA tournament, um, it was – I think it was Ole Miss you beat in the first round. Got a little bit of help from Baylor losing yeah. and uh, you beat Georgia state in the second round before you lose to, uh, you lost to Arizona in the sweet 16 out in LA. Yeah. I mean, that was good. I mean, like you said, you know, um, you want to be playing your best basketball around March. So uh, we just kept fighting throughout the season. Like you said, it was up and down season. We was trying to get, uh, you know, everybody on the same page uh, with chemistry and different things like that. So, well, we did a great job just sticking it out. Coaches did a great job of just uh, continuing to work with us and prepare us. And, you know, we had a great run, a surprising run to a lot of teams. Uh, like you said, uh, we got to the Big East Championship, had a great shot of winning it. But, you know, Villanova at the time was a – oh, was it Seton Hall? Might have been Seton it was, Hall. It was, no, it was Nova. It was Nova. Nova. 
yeah, Nova, they was a great team. Uh, they had a lot of great players, so, you know, hats off to them. But just winning those two games really helped us actually, you know, solidify that spot to get into the NCAA tournament because I feel like we could have been close if we would have lost. I mean, might have been a bubble team, maybe like last four in, last four out type deal. So uh, we won those two games and then just getting in the tournament. You know, once you in, you in. So it's just about like just taking it one game at a time. You know, we took it one game at a time, was able to beat Ole Miss, good team. Was able to, you know, come back, beat Georgia State, good team. And then, you know, ran into a very good team in Arizona who had a lot of NBA potential, a lot of NBA pros on their team. And uh, it was a good game, but just fell a little bit short. But that year definitely helped us for the next year to make a run at another Sweet 16, which, you know, that fell short. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and we'll touch on that, like, a little bit later on. And I will say this, though. Those first two games you guys played in the Big East tournament uh, against Butler and Georgetown, I mean, those were both, you know, your typical, you know, gritty Big East battles. Um, the Butler game went to overtime, and then the Georgetown game was only decided by a single bucket. Um, I can't even imagine just um, how grueling were those games. It's crazy to think it's already been five years since that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Georgetown, they're a good team. You know, they always played us tough. And uh, they had a lot of great players. They had some heck of a player. They had a, a coach, you know, was it John Thompson, I think? It was, was, J it was, it was JT3 then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they had a good team. Like I said, they always played it tough. And, I mean, with Butler, people, you know, over the years as we grew up, as the Big East grew and grew, People were saying that Butler was our rival. So, you know, they was close. They wasn't too far from us. So that was a game that, you know, we kind of took personally because you know, we was like, man, maybe it is a rival because it was so intense. It got so heated between the players and different things like that. So just being out there competing against them, you know, it was it was fun and uh, definitely enjoy. Obviously, you can't, you can't complain with playing in a MSG, Madison Square Garden. And uh, like I said, that those that run right there, winning those two games definitely, you know, helped us and I think played a huge part of us making the NCAA tournament that year. Yeah, and now let's talk about that momentum that you took from, you know, the positive ending to that 2015 season. Took it right into 2016 and you ran the table in the non-conference slate, you know, 12-0 and 0 and – that was arguably – I think you can make a fair argument. That team was one of the top five Xavier teams of all time. Um, just the way you guys started. Um, granted, Villanova still ended up being the top dog in the Big East that year. But you guys weren't that far behind them, um, finishing, you know, 26-4 and four in the regular season. I mean, that's, some, that's something that for Xavier, I mean, especially – considering the move from being a mid-major for the longest time to being in the Big East, you know, that was a big deal. So um, what was it like to just be a part of that group and just the turnover from being a team that kind of skated by to barely getting in the NCAA tournament to being, you know, a powerhouse of a team in the conference? And I remember you guys got your 20th win, like, in your first game played in February. Yeah, I mean, I love that team. I feel like that was – if we was going to win the championship, uh, I feel like that was a team that was going to do it. I mean, we had everything. We had size. We had depth. You know, we had a bench. We went nine, ten deep. Uh, we had great defenders. Like, uh, and, obviously, and obviously, Coach Mack and the coaching staff, they did a great job of coaching us. So, I feel like if we was going to win it all, that was the year. And, um, yeah, it was a it was a fun year. It was an amazing year. We, you know, we got off to a great start. And I feel like, like I said, the previous year, before going into my senior year, I feel like that definitely helped us. Uh, we had younger guys, but being in the tournament gave those younger guys more experience for the next season. So I definitely feel like that was big for us and everybody just growing up, staying together as a team. We had, uh, you know, me and I was a senior. Um, uh, James Farr was a senior. So us two, we was the captains and, I feel like with me and him, we had great leadership. We did a great job of leading the guys. And just um, I feel like that's the key, you know, to a good team, a real deep team that can make a deep run, you need great leaders. And I feel like me and James, 
we was good leaders for the team and uh, we held guys accountable and different things like that. So it definitely carried over to the season. And uh, like I said, that was a tough one. Uh, man, we made a good run. We was right there. And, uh, you know, March Madness, it's, uh, it's scary what can happen in March Madness. So. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't say that better because, you know, you know, anything can happen. I mean, they, they know it's not March Madness for nothing, uh, but I definitely wanted to bring. I mean, yes, there you got you and James Farr brought the senior leadership. But to me, what I realized, the X factor that made you guys that much better than the year before was getting Edmund Sumner eligible. What kind of what what kind of X factor did he bring to that team and making that team as good as it was? Yeah, I mean, he brought a lot. I mean, him just redshirting, definitely getting uh, the experience, like from a visual, the visual learning, looking at the looking at the game, with not playing, him getting stronger, him getting quicker, him getting faster. Uh, and I feel like that uh, he was already a pro. I feel like he had raw talent at the time. So, like I said, that redshirt year definitely helped him. And then the next season, he just came in and gave us that extra boost, gave us a you know, put our team to a different level. You know, with size, athleticism, uh, being able to run the team, uh, pushing the ball, just it was just a lot. Um, you know, and uh, he brought some leadership too. Even though he was young, uh, he brought leadership. He worked hard. He worked hard. You know, on the court. Um, so I feel like he brought a lot to the team, and uh, it was definitely huge for us. So I really feel like that. You know, for him, for his growth, it definitely carried over to where he is now, which is the you know NBA. Oh, yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Now, um, one thing I do remember vividly from that season, I know you talked about, you know, how personal the rivalry became between you guys and Butler. And uh, during that season, it kind of got to a boiling point where you guys went into Hinkle Fieldhouse and you won big. And towards the end, um, as kind of like an exclamation point, uh, J.P. McCura, you know, flushes one and – lets the crowd at Hinkle have it a little bit. Um, I know that he was, like, younger back then, and I got to, like, see him all four years of college since we were in the same uh, same class. But um, just seeing JP, you know, do, being JP, if you will, um, what kind of, like, did it seem like it was like Jekyll and Hyde almost, like, between him playing – you know, in front of the crowd at the Centos Center versus being on the road in hostile environments like Hinkle Fieldhouse? Uh, I mean, JP, he's um, – let me see, he's a competitor. Like, you know, like from the first time he stepped on campus and stepped on the court, he wasn't – he was never afraid. He was never afraid of the big stage. Like, he's the type of guy that, you know, coach might get on him for making a mistake, but then the next possession he's going to go down and, you know, hit a three from 40 feet. Like it's just it's just how it is with him, and uh, we knew that as his teammates, and uh, we would just admire like his uh, his effort, his hustle, and he really just took over. He took off just by developing each year, getting better and better each year. So playing with him, he definitely brought like that that toughness, that hard hat that we needed for our team, and um, yeah, like he like I said, he was never afraid of the moment, whether it be in Centaurs or like uh, on the road. But I just feel like maybe on the road, he, he brung a, you know, he brung, he definitely played with an extra grip on his shoulder uh, because definitely we needed that, you know, winning on the road in the Big East wasn't easy. So having somebody like that on our team that brings that toughness, that's, you know, competitive, you know, that's a competitor uh, that's going to bring it every play. We definitely needed that. Well, and um, there's, again, that contrast between playing, you know, on the road versus at home, but, that year at home, you guys were really good. I mean, you only lost one game at home all season, and your signature win of the season was at home against number one Villanova. And I think it was your second to last home game at the Centos Center. And, uh, you know, in a time where it looked like Villanova was almost invincible, and, you know, considering that on New Year's Eve at the Pavilion, they, you know, they – they beat you around pretty good and they beat you. I think they beat you by 31, um, but getting payback on your home court and taking down the number one team in the country in the process. Uh, what were your um, greatest, um, greatest memories from uh, that night? And, you know, essentially proving to the country, like, Hey, you know, 
we're legit. We're not just some team that uh, we got a really good record and whatnot. Like we've actually, we're, we've proven that we can beat the best of the best now. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like that uh, team, I feel like that, you know, everybody in the world or in the biggest knew we was good, but you know, we just kept winning. We wasn't, we wasn't really maybe getting a lot of love from like, you know, the media, uh, you know, the outside world, you know, people that, uh, still with Pick Nova, and we knew he was good, so we just kept working hard. Um, we kept coming to practice every day, working hard. Coaches did a great job of just preparing us each game. Um, and like I said, I feel like that win after losing to Villanova at Villanova, then the ones like they have to come to Centaur Center, like that really just we just locked in. We different because we knew how we played on the home court. We played amazing on the home court. It was. When you came to Centaurs, it was tough, you know. We wanted to have that. We wanted to give teams the mindset, like, you're not going to win here in Centaurs, and that's how tough it is to play here. So um, we knew, you know, they had to come to our place, and we was going to be ready, and did a great job of preparing us. We did a great job of locking in, and just, like I said, we was we was a really deep team. You know, we was a deep team. We could, you know, we was very versatile. And uh, it was a great win for us, you know. Uh, you know, locker room was excited. You know, everybody just knowing that, you know, the hard work, you know, the preparation, you know, all that paid off and get into getting the win that night. So, you know, it was a it was definitely a great moment. Now, um finish the regular season. I mean, I, I mean, after that you kinda, you know, came down a little bit and ran into a Seton Hall buzzsaw at the Prudential Center um a few days later on their senior day. Uh, but you responded, you know, by beating Creighton on your senior day. And then in the Big East tournament, um, you know, you crushed Marquette in the quarterfinal. And then in the semifinals, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Seton Hall, that that team in 2016 uh, was a team on a mission. Um, um, now with that game, I mean, even though it looked like Seton Hall was going to just run away with it at multiple points in the game, it just seemed like you guys really didn't quit. Um and I think that really was a good summary of what you guys were like, even though you guys were great and winning a lot of games, even though you were down, you never really gave up at any point. But um, when it came to that Seton Hall team, though, um, I can't even imagine what it's like playing against a team that is, you know, so young yet so determined to prove something like that team was. Yeah, I mean, they was good. I mean, like I said, like, you know, Coach always told us to play, you know, play to the end. You know, it don't matter how much you're down. The game's not over until it's zero, 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 you know. So we just, you know, as a team, always – we never thought about quitting, no matter how much we were down throughout any game throughout the season. So we always wanted just to keep fighting, keep being competitive uh, throughout the game, keep competing until the buzzer sounds. So I feel like I definitely played a, you know, big key for us throughout the season and – Seton Hall, like you said, they was young, but, man, they was a good team, talented, athletic. They had a lot of different guys that was versatile that could score. And, you know, the biggest reason why I feel like they made that run that they did was because Isaiah Whitehead, man, he was a heck of a player. You know, he even got drafted. Like, you know, he had a big MVP of that tournament. Like, he went off. Like, he was just on a different mission. And they just followed behind him. And, I mean, he just took over games. So, I feel like uh, they was a good team. They was well coached. And um, that was just one. Uh, just like, there was a game that we just we just couldn't get up. We couldn't just get over the hump to beat them. So that's off to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to turn the page after you know something like that happens. You guys get a two seed in the NCAA tournament, and you know, you know, you take care of business against Weber State in the opening round, and then in round two, um, you get a Wisconsin team that. Um, granted, they had, they were the run, national runner-up a year before, but um, they had lost so many major pieces from that group, you know, Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker. But for some reason, Wisconsin in the tournament, is just something about them in March. And it, it just so happened they took it out against you guys as well in one of the more memorable moments in March Madness. And, I mean, March Madness 2016 was full of exciting moments, you know, buzzer beaters galore. And unfortunately, you were on the losing end of of one of them, where it was uh, Bronson Keening who um, hit a step back three at the buzzer 
um, to move on to the Sweet 16 and send you guys packing in St. Louis. And um, if I'm not mistaken, was it over you or Miles Davis? No, it was over me. It was over me. I had, um, like I said, that was, uh, man, you know, losing like that my senior year, it was was tough. Like, you know, because I definitely felt like, like I said, we was the team that year. we, We was definitely a team that could at least get to a Final Four and even win it all. But um, Wisconsin, like you said, it's March Madness. You you know, you want to be playing your best basketball in March, and Wisconsin was always a tough team in March, no matter who they had, no matter who they lost. You know, Bronson Kane hit a tough shot, um, and uh, he had some threes before that had got him going. I was actually guarding most of the game. He didn't do too much, but he, had, he got a couple switches and actually hit some big threes against some other players that was guarding. So he just, he just had confidence going into that last shot that he hit. Uh, just had some confidence. Like, you know, I, I seen two go in. I hadn't really been hitting threes all game. So that one just, that one just you know, felt great for him. And like I said, hats off to Wisconsin. You know, they played a good game. We played a good game, just came up a little short. But, you know, that's the, that's the game. That's the, you know, that's what March Madness is all about. It's about crazy shots, great moments, and uh, we were just on the losing end of that. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, you know, like I, from watching that, I mean, I really think that you couldn't have defended that better than you did. So, I mean, honestly, there's really nothing much you could do about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just didn't want to foul him. I'd rather him hit a tough shot than me putting him on the foul line and him hitting free throws, which is way easier than hitting a fadeaway three in the corner, in the deep corner. So I just didn't want to foul him. Uh, I just wanted to put my hands up and just make it as tough as possible. But, like, man, hats off to him. He had an incredible shot. Uh, that's just one that you just, you know, you can't do much about it. You know, that's just a tough situation. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine just, like, walking off the court um, – in St. Louis that night. And, uh, you know, I ask almost every guy that I interview, every former Big East player. And like, when you take that Jersey off for the final time, like, is it, does it normally take like a long, long time just to finally muster up the courage to do it? Or is it like, uh, just something else where you just get it over with and then just, you know, try to take everything in, as it's happening? Man, I honestly don't even know how to explain it. It's just, you know, when you, you know, when you're younger, you know, everybody works hard. Everybody wants to play at the highest level, you know, college basketball, and eventually, you know, move on to playing professional, whether it be NBA or overseas. So when you, you know, when you're a freshman, you don't think about that one day, you, as it be your last time taking off the jersey and not being able to play college basketball anymore. So, you know, and then when you lose, like, you know, when my senior ended like it did, and it hurts even more, you know, when you lose on a shot like that, that's that's a tough shot. So it definitely hurt. You know, it took me a while. It definitely took me a while to take off the jersey knowing it's my last time. But, you know, everybody that's played college basketball, no matter what school you went to, um, you know, it all comes to an end at some point. And, you know, that was the ending for me, and I knew that, you know, the future was bright for me. So I just wanted to take in every moment um, and just know that, you know, I gave it all I had and uh, just get ready for the next chapter in my life. And and that next chapter has treated you awfully well. You know, you've had a really solid overseas career so far, and uh, that's and it also has led you to uh, participating in TBT. Uh, last year, uh, Sideline Cancer picked you up. And in the Wichita Regional, you guys had a pretty solid run, which included winning a virtual road game against Aftershocks before you ironically fell um, against Marquette, uh, Marquette's alumni team. And the I, I know it's going to be funny, but the irony of this, you know, during your playing career um, with Xavier, uh, you were 5-0 and against Marquette. And – and you lost to the their alumni team uh, last year in TBT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, it was good. I'm uh, actually, you know, one of my friends who I played. You know, I played two years in Finland, and then I played um, I played two years in Hungary, uh, and then you know I just um, signed back 
to play again uh, and hungry for the same team. So, you know, I've only played in two places in five years, and that's very rare for a lot of people that play overseas. Usually, you know, I'm going to my fifth year. A lot of people would have played for like three or four teams, maybe five teams in five in five years. So I've been blessed, you know, that, you know, coaches want to keep me around. I'm a high-character kid. I work hard, and uh, I bring something different to, you know, I bring something different to my team and Finland and my team in Hungary. And, um, yeah, I've actually, when I was in Finland, a guy that actually passed away, he had played for sideline cancer and actually recruited me to come play for them. So, um, I so you know, I've been playing for them for the last two years, and this will be my third year playing for them. So, it's been – it's been fun. Like, this is an amazing tournament. You know, we got a lot of great professionals. Um, and there's a lot of great competition in here. And, you know, uh, just playing uh, in a tournament like this with a lot of exposure, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, definitely last year we had a great run. And we, you know, definitely went farther than what people expected. Obviously, I knew we had a great team. I feel like this year we have a great team. And um, I just, you know, we're just going to take it one game at a time. Get ready for Sunday. Hopefully, we can win Sunday and then advance on. Yeah. So uh, first up, I mean, you got uh, Team Hines, uh, you know, right off the bat, and that is it, it's it's interesting considering you guys had such a great run last year, um, but unfortunately, I mean, I think you guys might have gotten slighted with your seeding a little bit as the number twenty-two seed out of twenty-four, but I mean obviously disadvantage with not being one of those eight teams with a bye, uh, making the road to the title even longer. Uh, but you know, uh, what's your preparation been like? Um, obviously, you know, playing overseas, but now, uh, returning home, uh, being back in the States and getting ready to, uh, participate, um, in this tournament, you know, it's going to be a rather compact tournament, you know, with this entire thing lasting a week and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's been good, you know, since I've been back. I've been working out, um, obviously enjoying time with family and friends because, you know, you know, when you're playing overseas, you don't have that much time in the States, you know, you know, a couple months, two months, three months. Uh, obviously, uh, I have more time because of coronavirus, so our season got cut short. But, um, you know, with the TBT team, uh, we got a couple new guys. We got some familiar faces from last season. We got a couple new faces, so we're just trying to build chemistry right now. Well, we had a couple, we had a couple practices already, just getting some shots up, just trying to build chemistry on the court. Um, you know, it's going, you know, Sunday's going to get here quick. You know, everybody don't have that much time to, you know, you know, get stuff together and build chemistry like that. It's, you know, you're kind of just going on the fly. So, you know, Team Hines, they're a tough team, and uh, you know, I feel like we're a tough team too. You know, we all professionals in this tournament. You know, so it's going to be a competitive matchup, and I can't wait. Yeah, and I can't even imagine, like, um, what's it going to be like to uh, – considering, again, there aren't that many live sports going on right now because of the pandemic, but uh, what's it going to be like just having really all eyes on you guys and really this event in general for, you know, the time in which is going to go on? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to be good. Like, basketball hasn't been on for a while, so just to have basketball back. And this tournament has been going on for seven, eight years. So people know about this tournament, and each year is getting bigger and bigger. And now just to have the tournament, even though it's 24 teams, you know, it's better, actually. You know, it gives teams even less games just to win, you know, the prize money. So it's going to be very competitive, knowing you have less games to win it, and on top of that, uh, you know, the whole world's watching. Basketball's back. It's just going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of energy. You know, people will have a lot of emotions. Uh, people are going to be competing. So it's good. And obviously you're competing against some of the best professionals, you know, competing against some of the best players that's that's out here in, in, in today's world. So it, it'll be fun. Yeah, and, I, and the funny thing is um, a team that you could run into, I mean, albeit, you know, like percentage-wise and, it's not very, you know, it's not very likely, but again, you know, you never know. Um, but, you know, you got a couple of your former Xavier teammates uh, who are also going to be playing in TBT this year. Although 
they'll be on Everline Drive. Uh, the aforementioned J.P. McCure, along with uh, Kaiser Gates, um, uh, as they're uh, they're both in Columbus um, with you as well, but again on different teams. Um, have you got, have you been uh, talking talk with them a little bit about um, you know uh, just what they're experiencing also and uh, how how they're gearing up and you know the possibility of you know going up against them. Yeah, I haven't. I actually haven't talked to him much. Uh, I talked to JP a little bit, but I haven't really talked to Kaiser. And um, like I said, uh, I'm pretty sure that you know, for the I'm pretty sure they're having fun uh, with, with the experience and when they start playing. But you know, they got a real good team. I looked at, I looked at their team. They got a real good team, and they actually got a good shot to winning it. So you know, I wish both of them the best. And uh, like I said, it's gonna be a competitive tournament. Like I said, it's less games to win the prize money. So everybody out here is going to be competing, competing each possession. And uh, I just can't wait to get started. You know, it starts Saturday. So, you know, two days away for basketball being back. And then we follow up on Sunday. And then you got some games that's played on Monday. So it's going to be fun. It's going to, I can't wait. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, Luke Fisher was telling me about this earlier, just uh, like with the amount of downtime that you guys have, like, obviously, like, you got to keep yourself occupied somehow. So, you know, during the time, uh, you know, that you've been in Columbus since you got there, um, you know, what have you been doing to buy yourself some time and uh, keep yourself occupied? Really just playing the game. You know, I brought my Xbox. So I've been just playing, uh, you know, video games, really, uh, watching TV, uh, talking to my family. So that's pretty much it. You know, like, uh, you know, everybody wants to be safe, so you don't want to get too close to anybody. Um, and obviously you got to wear a mask if you go out the hotel room. So really haven't been doing too much, just watching movies, you know, obviously playing a game, uh, watching TV, talking to my family. That's about it until right. we play. Uh, what are the go-to Xbox games you got? I love 2K. I like 2K. I like Madden. Those are my two favorite, like, games to play. So. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm, you, you're one of those guys that, like, you know, likes, you know – the more updated games, you know, from like more recent years, or are you, you're more of a nostalgia guy, you know, that likes, you know, some of the older, you know, you know, sports video games of the past, you know, like, um, like, like some of the older Madden games and uh, like, how would I say it? Like, like the older Madden games were like, they actually like, you know, had some substance to it, you know, like the ones, you know, from like mid 2000s, you know, Michael Vick on the cover one year, Ray Lewis on the next. Yeah, no, I mean, I like the old games. I like the older games. I definitely do. But I would prefer probably the more updated ones like, you know, the Madden 19, the Madden 20, uh, 2K19, 2K20. I'd rather have the more updated just because, you know, that's just what rosters is out today. So I would rather play with the more updated rosters. But, uh, yeah, I like, I, like, I like it all. Uh, I'm definitely just hanging out in my room. And, you uh, know, we got practices and just hanging out in my room, playing the game until uh, Sunday, until we play. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, n now I think about it. Um, since we're in the igloo and, that, you know, um, the term everyone knows is called the hot seat, um, the segment I love doing on here, uh, instead of the hot seat uh, for some rapid-fire questions, uh, I'm going to put you on the cold seat. So if, if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm willing to hit you with some uh, rapid-fire if you, you are. All right, I'm ready. All right. Toughest place to play in the Big East, like obviously outside the Centa Center. Uh, toughest place to play in the Big East, Nova, at Nova. Like not Wells at at the Pavilion. At the Pavilion, yeah, at the Pavilion. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, in the new in the new Big East, I think they've lost one conference home game there in yeah. seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough to play at Nova. To me, I think that's probably the toughest place to play. All right, uh, toughest guy you had to guard um, in the league? Uh, probably would say uh, Chris Dunn. It, that's an interesting defensive assignment. That I mean, because I know that you guys were like one of the smaller teams in the Big East when you guys were at your best. And for you to got to guard uh, Chris Dunn, who's I mean, granted same size, but like uh, he like he size. I mean, he's got he's packing a lot of muscle, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, you know, he's in the NBA. He's a good player, and 
wish him the best. Um, all right. Now I know you're uh, you're from. I, I guess technically it's the South, but like I mean, it's closer to you know Cincinnati, which is more of the Midwest. But um, I mean, you're from the state of Kentucky, um, and you're from the city of Louisville. Um, I gotta ask you, like Kentucky Derby, like Derby Day itself, is it overrated or underrated? Oh, it's it's not. It's definitely not overrated. It's definitely, I would say under because it's, it's, you know, you got stars, you got everybody from all over the world comes to Kentucky Derby. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be like, like it's overrated. Like it's not what it is. It's not what it, people make it seem because it is. So I say, I say underrated. All right. All right. Um, I know you were a jump shooter, um, but you know, what's your sweet spot? On the court? Uh, shoot, I definitely love – I definitely love the mid-range. I'd probably say – I'd probably say elbow area. I'd probably say, like, elbow, wing area, mid-range. I like mid-range. All right, all right. Now, I know at Xavier you guys had a lot of good dunkers um, during your time there, but which one of them was the best of them all? Uh, best dunker – probably say either – Edmund Sumner had good hops. Uh, I like uh, Jalen Reynolds. You know, he had good hops. I mean, I'd and he had, he had the, the, the Jalen Reynolds had the power, too. I mean, there were some where I thought he was going to break the backboard. Yeah. I'd probably say that. Athletic people on our team. Kaiser Gates had good hops. Kaiser Gates, he could dunk. He could definitely dunk. He had uh he had some nice dunks. So I'll say them three. All right. I mean I mean, if there was any if there's any team that knew how to dunk in the biggies, it had to be you guys. Um now you guys were in, you know, a couple um, you know, like, you know, those feast week tournaments. Um, and even dating back to your time at, in, 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 at Indiana, but um of those feast week destinations, which one was your favorite? Uh, I'll probably say, uh, on, I, I love, I love the Orlando tournament that we played in. Uh, we played in Orlando. We ended up beating, I think, Dayton in the finals. Oh yeah. I yeah. Like I mean, I mean, for old school Dave, Xavier fans, I mean, that, that obviously had to feel good. Cause that's, you know, that's an old school local rivalry, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll probably say that one. That was a good – that was definitely a good tournament to play in. All right. Orlando, nice weather. Oh, yeah. Um, and, speak, and speak, speaking of, um, the, I can't even imagine, you know, um, uh, when you guys went to L.A. Um, for the Sweet 16 in 2015, um, uh, obviously, you know, celebrity sightings, you know, you can get them anywhere possible. But um, – uh, have you had any like? I mean, obviously, because one of your assistant coaches, Luke Murray. I mean, obviously, everyone knows who Luke Murray's dad is. But um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the question was. Regard um, um, any like random celebrity sightings that you've actually had yourself, where you just kind of like, uh, like, like you just ran into him just randomly. Uh no, when we was in LA, I really didn't run into a lot of celebrities because I mean most of the time we was in our room, and you know LA is so big and there's so much traffic. We didn't go out too much. Uh, you know the hotel we was in, they had uh, I think they had like a restaurant there, so we would really like eat there. They might have had like I think a couple fast food restaurants down the street. The location was good, so we didn't really have to go too far. So I didn't really see too many celebrities honestly when we was out there. So. Fair enough, but uh, but I I know you talk about fast food places. Was one of those places in and out? Oh, I honestly can't remember. I know I definitely know it was a McDonald's spot. Okay, but All I right. can't remember about In and Out. I was gonna say I'm like I know In and Out's a big West Coast thing, and I've never tried it before. Like, and I should have when right. I was um I should have when I was in Vegas like a year and a half ago now. But um but uh, while we're on the topic of fast food, I mean I don't know if you're into fast food much, but uh, what is your go-to fast food joint? 
McDonald's. Mickey D's. All right. Um, what's your go-to there? That's it. It's my favorite. Uh, I like ten-piece nugget. Ten-piece nugget meal. All right. All right. I mean, I can't discount the McNugs, man. I I I won't argue with you on that. I mean, it's very hard to mess up chicken nuggets. I will say that. Um, right. Um, right. I can't. Um, so. I can't even imagine, like, you know, the kind of music, you know, you listen to, like, when you're warming up or before a game, like, when you were in college versus now, like, I can't even imagine the difference versus, you know, what you would listen to to get yourself pumped up when you were in college versus now. So, uh, what, what what were your go-to artists, you know, when you were in college to listen to before a game uh, versus now? Uh, I mean, pretty much the same music. Uh I listen to a lot of like you know up tempo music, hype music, but sometimes I listen to more slow music. I feel like I can listen to that a little bit, and uh, you know, because before pretty much before every game, I'm I'm a little you know nervous, so that can kind of calm me down a little bit. Listen to more slow down music, but uh, I listen to a little bit of everything. So it's not really a certain type of music that I you know listen to. I like a lot of different artists, so I'm not really I'm not really picky with the music. All right, all right. Um, now, uh, trying, oh, describe um, what words do you think would best describe Chris Mack as a coach? Um, what words? Yeah, just, you could, like just you know adjectives or you know like which ones? Be- which are the best ones? Um. I would say uh, players coach, hardworking. Um, he's a he's he's definitely an energy giver. Uh, he talks about that all the time. You know, when you come into practice or when you come in the game, don't get bored with the process. And are you an energy giver or energy taker? Like, are you taking energy from your teammates by not encouraging them and supporting them, or are you giving them energy with pushing them, encouraging them, supporting them when they mess up? Uh, you know, so holding them accountable. So I would say that. I mean, he's definitely a players coach. He relates to the players because he played. You know, he's a hard worker. He definitely works hard at being a head coach, making sure, you know, he's on top of things with his team. And I feel like he's a, you know, he's an energy giver. You know, he gives his team, he gives his players energy. You know, he's, he's, he understands them. And uh, when they need something, he's there. Um He's just, uh, yeah, he's an energy giver on the court. He's always encouraging, supporting, and uh, he just wants you. He just want to see you succeed. So, all right, say them. Uh, best character um, on your team, you know, like in terms of like their personality. My Xavier team. Xavier team, correct. Uh, <laughs> best character. I don't know. I feel like it. Best character could be me. Best character. Fair enough. I mean, if it, if there were anyone but you, if I were to take a stab at it, I go Matt Stainbrook. I mean, that dude yeah, has a Matt Stainbrook was a good character. I mean, on our team, on our on our team, the two years that I played there, we had high character guys. I mean, everybody was a high character guy, and that's why you know Coach Mack and them brought him in. That's the, one of the first things they want to know is, you know, what type of what type of guy are you like? You know, inside the locker room. You know, outside the court, you know, on the court, are you a high character guy? So we had high character guys. I feel like we had some guys that were maybe more quiet than others, and we had some guys that was more like more like uh, more funny than others. They was more expressive. They expressed themselves more. But everybody on our team was high character guys. Yeah, I mean, I think with Stainbrook, I mean, I mean that that he was just a unique. He's just a unique dude. I mean, I remember like reading up on him, like. Like he's a like he like he was a good baker. He was an Uber driver. Like I like like yeah. It's fascinating. Like just like fascinating stuff about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a he was a high character guy. He was he was smart. Um, I think he's doing a, he's having an amazing professional career overseas. Um, and uh, he definitely like, like just he just knew how to he just knew what to do. He just knew. Um, he just knew how to use his resources well. Like he knew how to use his resources. He was very, he was very good at networking and just finding out um, what was best for him and what what he could do to 
help him out, you know, on, in, on the court and outside the court. So hats off to him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, so to, you know, like wrap nah, – so to like wrap all of this up, um, obviously um, you have, you've had an interesting jur- uh, journey, you know, you know, starting off at Indiana and then um, it led you to – um, this new Big East, which, you know, people raise questions about whether it could be as good as the old Big East was, you know, um, you know, when it died in 2013. And here we are in 2020, you know, and it is arguably as good, uh, maybe even better uh, than it was, you know, when this conversation was being had, you know, in 2013 and now with UConn uh, back in the Big East officially as of yesterday um, uh, just from your overall perspective uh, you know what's what is the Big East uh, conference like what is it meant to you to be a part of it and you know helping resurrect uh, the status of one of the greatest college basketball conferences ever conceived yeah I mean you know the Big East is an amazing conference uh, obviously, you had the old Big East, and then now you got the new Big East, and I was able to play in the new Big East and uh, just being able to play with so many great players on my team and also playing against so many great players. It just definitely got better each year. You know, it got better each year. And uh, it's just amazing. Uh, the fans in the Big East are amazing. And obviously, like, you know, playing in Madison Square Garden, who would not want to play there? You know, it's a historical arena. Um, and uh, you know, I was very thankful and very grateful to play in a conference like that. Definitely after leaving uh, another great conference in the Big Ten. Big Ten is an amazing conference. Then going to another great conference in the Big East. And each year that I played in it, and each year after I graduated college, it just got better and better. So uh, to be to say that I played in the Big East, uh, you know, it's an honor. And to have UConn back in the Big East, which, you know, at first, at one point, they was – you know, at they was top of the Big East. They could be beat. They was winning Big East championships year after year after year. So to have another great team back in the Big East to make it, you know, even more competitive, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And the funny thing is uh, there was a stat that actually showed UConn is still tied the most Big East tournament championships ever, and they haven't been in the Big East for seven years. So it just goes to show uh, how great they were um, in the old Big East. And now, right. um, now the Huskies are back home. Uh, but, uh, so again, Remy, Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, reflect on your career at, at Xavier and, you know, talk about, you know, expectations and whatnot, uh, going into, uh, TBT 2020 for you, uh, all of you guys with sideline cancer, uh, best of luck on the court. Um, um, again, sideline cancer takes the court on Sunday against team Hines on, um, in Columbus. And that'll be on ESPN. So make sure to watch Remy and the boys. Uh, notice the Fetty Wap analogy I made there. <laughs> and, uh, um, so uh, Remy, uh, again, best of luck, and um, uh, you know, hold it down for uh, Xavier and the Big East out there. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it was a pleasure.